Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 124 for the 23rd of Adar Base in a leap year. And so there is a quote by Frederick Nietzsche, the philosopher, and this is taken from an essay that he wrote called The Despisers of the Body, which is found in his most famous work, Thus Spoke Zarathustra. And the quote goes, the soul is only a word for something about the body. So... Let's just think about that for a second and I'll explain how it relates to today's Tanya. So basically what Nietzsche believed and this put him somewhat, it's disputed a little bit what type of philosopher he was, but it kind of puts him in the category of the materialists in the sense that what Nietzsche was basically saying in this quote, the soul is only a word for something about the body. And what he essentially believed is that when we think about the soul and when people have taught tended to think of the soul as this like spiritual thing that is very much apart from the body, he didn't believe that this was true. He believes that the soul was actually just merely a manifestation of the body in a certain sense. It was like a manifestation of a person's physical desires and wills for certain types of things and like the highest kind of manifestation of them. Maybe one way to think about this, as far as I understand it, is like the way that a lot of neuroscientists nowadays tend to believe that when we experience different emotions or even spiritual kind of feelings, like if a person sits and meditates and they say that they experience this sense of being one with the universe or they felt like they felt God and things like that, a neuroscientist might say, well, that's very nice that you're feeling these things, but actually we could break that down and show you what's going on in your brain on a very electrical level in terms of the neurochemicals that are happening. And these are just manifestations of different things that are happening inside of your body. So this might sound really heretical at first glance, right? But what we'll see in today's Tanya is that it's not actually, Nietzsche was not that far off in the sense that when we think about the soul and we think about the body, we tend to really divide these two things and think of them as being really distinct things, really, really separate entities. And we sometimes actually go so far as to equate spirituality with God and equate physicality with non-God. And this is actually a bigger topic for another time, but maybe I'll make another episode at some point if it's relevant and comes up in Tanya as to how spirituality is definitely 100% not synonymous with God or, or godliness at all. And it's, it's something very different. But in today's Tanya, what we're going to be learning about is really focusing on this idea of physicality and spirituality and about how these two things are really not as distinct as we might think that they are. Specifically when we're talking about the body and the soul and about how these two things actually have a lot more in common than we might think at first glance. 
And so we're going to get into the text, but before we do, I think it might be useful if I kind of give a brief summary of it and then get into the text because you'll see just the way that it, the text is structured. So the basic answer to this, the basic understanding of what this means, that the body and the soul are really one and the same in a certain sense, is in the fact that really ultimately, when we talk about the body and when we talk about our soul, so specifically again here, if we want to be really uh, particular, we're talking again about the animal soul of, of humans and we're talking about the animating life force in all things. Both of these things are of this world. So when we talk about things that are of this world, of this physical world, they are both creations of God. And by virtue of them being creations of God, it means that they both conceal God because we've spoken about this previously, but in order for God to create anything, he needs to conceal his light because if he didn't conceal his light, if he didn't constrict his light in any way, there could be no nothing apart from him. Nothing would be able to have any kind of distinct existence from him. We're going to get into this a lot more later on in the Tanya when we get into the book, uh, Shar, the Sefer Shari Chudva Amuna. But for now, just to understand that idea that everything in this world, no matter what it is, no matter where what level it's at or whatever is ultimately coming from a place of concealment within God. And we talked about how there's this idea of the klipos. There's this idea of the husks, which husks are these like shells. And just like a shell conceals the fruit of conceals the, the, flesh of the fruit, so too do the husks conceal the godliness contained within the world. The husks are what allow there to be this sense, the semblance of the world having a, an independent existence of its own. And we talked about how there are different types of husks in the world. There are the three impure husks, which conceal godliness entirely. They're totally opaque. And then there's this other category of husks called klipas noga, which can be translated to mean a translucent kind of husk. And this is a husk which conceals godliness. However, it does have the ability to eventually be rectified and reveal godliness through our effort and through our will. And this is the multitude of our world is made up of this klipas noga. And not only that, and this is something that we're going to talk about and discuss in today's Tanya as well, is that the three impure klipos actually receive their vitality from this klipas noga. So everything gets channeled through the, these translucent husks. So Basically, so the to really understand what we're going to be learning about today is this idea of how whether we're talking about the body or whether we're talking about the soul of something, whether it's a person or a tree or a, an, a rock or whatever it is, both the body and both the soul are both equally concealed because they both equally come from this level of klipas noga by virtue of them being of this world, by virtue of them being creations of God. Now, there is a distinct difference between them, and this is how the ultra is going to conclude this section, in the sense that while everything in this world may be coming from an equal place of concealment and constriction, nevertheless, some they do different differ, some different creations differ in terms of how much and to what extent they manifest and they express godliness and they express their true essence in the world. So that's going to be more of a topic for tomorrow. But for today, that's that's how the altar is going to just conclude with this idea. So the basic thing we're going to be learning is about how everything really comes from the same original source and everything conceals God in, on a certain lay, in a certain way. Whereas once, whereas once it's like, okay, now we're living in this world of concealment. Now within that world of concealment, the extent to which they, they manifest their internal 
essential being is going to be different for each type of creation. So let's get straight into the text. Hopefully, maybe that will help uh, clarify all of this in case you're not really following. And then maybe I'll bring it back to that Nietzsche quote and how we could maybe understand that, whether it's accurate, whether it's not accurate, what what's really going on with that. So here we go. So again, to bring this into context, again, we're in the middle of chapter 38 of Tanya. And yesterday we were talking, we brought up this idea of how everything in the world has a body and a soul to it, not just humans, but even things that are totally inanimate, like rocks or dust or things like that. And we talked about how the way that we can kind of define the soul of every creature in the world is its animating force, its life force. So even when you think about a rock, let's say, you might not overtly think that it has a life force, like it doesn't breathe, it doesn't move, it doesn't talk or anything like that. Nevertheless, by virtue of the fact that it exists, that it's here in the world, means that it does have a certain animating life force. It is alive in a certain sense because it's here in the world. And that animating life force that brings it into existence can be thought of as its soul. So now today we begin and we talk about how that in both of these things, whether we're talking about the body of the thing or the soul of the thing, the light within them is equal in terms of concealment and and garments. Meaning to say that the light which is hidden and concealed and vested within them are both of this world. They both come from this world. Which, what is this world? The general aspect of this world conceals in an equal measure the light and vitality of the spirit of the mouth of God in a way of total concealment. The concealment of his face is called Hestel Panim. And the descent of the levels in the various Hishtelshalas of the world. So Hishtelshalas, again, is this like chain reaction of descent from level to level in various different constrictions, many different constrictions that are numerous and intense until it comes into this level of Klipas Noga that we talked about, this level of the husks, the luminous husks to vitalize the entirety of this physical world, meaning all of the things in this world that are permissible and that are pure in this world. Because again, remember, we talked about how this Klipas Noga is related to things that are permissible in the world. And then through this, not only do all the permissible things come, but through this Klipas Noga, all of the impure things also receive their uh, they, their influence from this Klipas Noga because this Klipas Noga, as we explained elsewhere, serves as an intermediary between holiness and impurity. So this is why it can kind of go either way. And this is where our will comes in and why we can use permissible objects in good ways or in negative ways. So yeah, so basically, so what the Alter is basically teaching us here is that everything in this world, whether it be its spiritual life force or whether it be it's just like it's matter like like the raw physicality of what is made up of both of these things both are equally concealed both are equally just things that god created in this world nevertheless and this is where the altarba concludes he says that the radiance which is what is the radiance the radiance is the drawing down of vitality that god reveals and vitalizes through their garments is not equal in all of them in terms of the way in which it is constricted and is influenced and and manifest so that's kind of a cliffhanger for next time so and the altar is going to explain what he means by that next time but just yeah just kind of to recap so what we learned today is this idea that the vitality the essential vitality and the essential light of god 
that is found within all of creations, whether we're talking about their spiritual aspects or whether we're talking about their physical aspect, both of them are essentially the same because they both conceal God in the same way. And this is where we can really bring it back to that Nietzsche quote in the beginning where Nietzsche said that the soul is merely something about the body. So he, he, he was on to something in the sense that yeah, the soul and the body are not as different as we might think of them to be, at least when we're talking about the animal soul. However, what we will learn about, and this is going to be the subject of tomorrow, tomorrow's episode, is how, well, essentially they might be the same in terms of their concealment and and the radiance from which they come. The radiance which they endow to the world, that which they are manifesting to the world, is actually going to be very, very different. So that's it for today. And so tomorrow, the Elder will continue along these lines and he will get into what this means exactly and how do these different influences come about and different how do different creatures manifest God's light in to various extents to a greater or lesser degree. So I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzhak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.